This is the Hartford Online Radio Network. 21st Century Audio. Delivered. Good evening, folks. It's Tuesday. It's the Hartford Online Radio Network on thehorn.com, and this is Open for Business, the show that features hands-on business owners discussing everything and anything that has to do with running a business in the 21st century, and obviously, most especially here in 2012. Our sponsors are Gateway Financial Group, the accounting firm of Budwitz & Meyerjack, Sherpa Technologies, and CentralCTDental.com. It's the home of Drs. Camp, Zambor, and Lupini. I'm Tommy Russo. This is Ken Cook. Howdy. And our guest this evening is Mr. Abbas Mohammadi, the owner-founder of Columbia Dental. Welcome, Abbas. Thank you. Nice to have you with us. Now, before we get to you officially, as most of our listeners know, we always like to start the show off with a couple quotes and Ken, I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got I've got two fun people this week, Sir Richard uh, Branson. Oh, I and, like him. And Henry Ford. Okay, okay. So I didn't we, know how much about Henry Ford, well, but Branson I like. Okay, so here we go. Here's one: you can't build a reputation on what you're going to do. Okay. And then the other one is: I don't think of work as work and play as play. It's all a living. So who's who? Wow. I'm going to flip a coin and go Branson 1, Ford 2. Wrong again, Maestro. Always. <laughs> Always. No, it's Henry Ford that says you can't build a reputation on what you're going to do. And and I think in some ways we'll use that as a segue to move over to a boss here. Uh, you know, your reputation continues to grow and certainly all throughout Connecticut and most especially in the dental community. And, you know, we'd like you to share a little bit about how you got started, Abbas, at Columbia Dental. Uh, well, we started back in year 2000. I started from a very a small uh, place. Probably you have seen it. It's our accounting office. It's a, I did see it. Yeah, 750 square feet office that uh, I started. So uh the way uh, I did it, I was working, obviously, you know, you don't have any patient bases to start. So I was working in another dental office, and I seen patients uh, in, in, in on a regular schedule from, let's say, 9 to 5. Uh, I went to the office at 6 o'clock p.m. every day at 6 o'clock and see patients from 6 to 9 p.m. Wow. Uh, so... Uh, I was the only basically dental office in Manchester at that time that was op was open at that late. So obviously people, they like it. So patients started to come. So uh, then I had to quit the other job, obviously, and I dedicate all my time to, to build up my own practice, which uh, obviously didn't take that long because I offer also weekend hours so that was another thing that it made the uh, progress even in more accelerated way so i have two questions for you when you first started did the dentist office that you were working at working for were they cognizant that you had opened your own practice well that was kind of far away so i didn't think that was any conflict of interest with them but obviously i didn't share any 
you know, information with them, but I didn't think that was any conflict with their interests. Got it. And then the second question is, uh, you opened up from six to nine, clearly a huge paradigm shift for your industry. Was that out of necessity or was that out of design on your part? Uh, well, uh, that was out of uh, design, uh, actually, because uh, uh, when I landed to this country back in 1990, I landed in New York City. So one day, uh, you know, my friend was taking me to, to New Jersey. And uh, always, you know, still in New York City, still there are not very big, I mean, there are a lot of Papa and Mama Jones stores mm -hmm. in, in New York City. So it took me to Home Depot in uh, New Jersey. And I was so impressed because it was weekend, they were open, and I went inside. We went, obviously, to buy some miscellaneous items like a screw or whatever, you know, you uh, have to buy from a hardware store. New, new microphones, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, I find that they're selling refrigerator, they're selling dryer, washing machine. So I was so impressed with... Uh, that uh, type of uh, hardware store <laughs> that can 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 sell you a refrigerator dryer and they open all the time. So I had always, as a student, I had that in back of my mind to be able to implement the same thing that Home Depot did in their business to dentistry because I found that reaching to the dentist many times is very inconvenient, like is reaching to the hardware store because they close at five o'clock. And even you go to the hardware stores, they're not providing all the items that you're looking. Versus you go to Home Depot, you definitely find whatever you need, so. What a great time, got a question. I, well, I, I, a couple of quick observations. One, I love the fact that you were able to draw from a big box store like Home Depot the things that would differentiate a small dental practice in Manchester, Connecticut. I just think that is absolutely awesome. And you tuned in not on things from your perspective, but things from the customer's perspective. Hours of service, variety of offerings, and you were able to sit there. and I mean, companies differentiate on quality service price. And what you've done is you've looked at the service aspect of it and said convenience, one-stop shop, everything that they need under one roof as far as dental services are concerned. I think that is – it should be a quiz in an MBA program. What is the uh, common theme running between Home Depot and Columbia Dental? Why not? Yeah, I mean, there you we'll go. We'll put it in an MBA program somewhere. UConn will pick it up. So uh, another ongoing series of questions all kind of tied into what we've been talking about. Y you have this different business model. Clearly it's been successful. Other than word of mouth, how did you begin to get the word out that, you know, one, the practice was open, and two, you were, as Ken just alluded to, as customer-friendly and lifestyle-convenient as you clearly made the decision to be? Uh, well, obviously, we're using some active advertisement to, to get patients, but 
what I uh, find that it really helped me through years to get the patients is a statement that I read uh, from Michelangelo that it says that the ultimate of complexity is simple, is simplicity. So I uh, always try okay. to keep it simple, uh, the business. Make it simple for patients. And if you make it simple for them, uh, then they come back and they, in a simple way, they explain to their family, to their parents, to their mothers, to their sisters and brothers, uh, what is a Columbia Dental is. I had a conversation uh, with Ken before you arrived and what we were talking about uh, why we have different specialties. And uh, the answer is because I wanted to keep it simple. I wanted to have every specialties within one roof. And that's in great deal it helped the business to, to grow. This is something that basically I learned from uh, Steve Jobs. What basically he did, he took a cell phone, he took the calculator, he took the computer, he took the uh, light, everything. It merged in one device, it's called it a smartphone. We can't live without it right now. Basically, he didn't invent anything new. He just took many components and it put it together and it make it very easy, friendly, and simple for the people to use it. And I tried to use his model again also in my business. Uh, in a routine dental office, the patient comes, they referring him out to another doctor. The other doctor send it to another doctor. So the communication, it get lost. Versus here, we kept everybody, every, every different aspect of specialties within one roof. We have our own laboratory. So that's also allow a better uh, communication and a, allow a simpler way to deliver a product versus you make a take an impression, you send it out, you're waiting, or re you're relying on a third-party company to give you a product that your patient desire. Versus here, when our patients come get their products, we call our lab technicians, so they talk directly to the lab technicians about their need and their desire. So things are very simple versus uh, to be in a very complex way to write the prescription, send it out, wait for the guy to answer you. So we try to get to the point in a very easy and simple way. Well, you know what strikes me on this, and Ken, I'm going to run with this and then we'll no. bounce over to you. And I'd love your feedback on this. Uh, it certainly sounds simple for the consumer. For me as a patient to come in and have everything, on, and I can speak firsthand, by the way, folks, because I am a patient of Columbia Dental and have been for a number of years, so indeed everything that Dr. Abbas has just been kind enough to share with us is really the truth, mm. but it's it also sounds like on the management, running, controlling, paying the bills, to me it sounds from the outside looking in a tad complex. 
So is there <laughs> that simple twist of fate on your part that, yes, indeed, you're making it simple for us, the consumers, but at the same time have added a level of complexity for you, the owner, and those that are helping you to manage? Uh, well, uh, listen, uh, <laughs> no, the, the last, uh, you know, I'm working seven days a week, and the last time I took off probably was 12 years ago before I opened Columbia Dental. I hope that would answer so your question. You just your, answered a yeah, big, yeah, resounding <laughs> yes. <laughs> answer your question, yes. We try to keep it simple, but from our end, obviously, is it's very complex. Now the simplicity. What is the? It, what are the tangible benefits of that as far as your business is concerned? Does do you find that patients refer patients because of that aspect? Absolutely, absolutely. Because we make it so easy for them. Okay. Uh, they need to have a cleaning. Uh, we don't wait, put them to wait too long. We don't ask them to come on awkward hours. They don't need to take off from the work or anything like that. Uh, we even, even they walk in, we, 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 we accommodate them. We have enough staff to accommodate them. So okay. whenever they desire, we try to accommodate them. If they have an emergency, we try to accommodate them. We don't let them to wait for pain. So of course, this mm. is, you know, is all simple for the patient, but as Tom, it says, it takes a lot of, you know, effort from our, our part. Imagine that. Steve Jobs and Michelangelo. Well, I was just going to say, so how long have you been a student? And Home Depot. And Home Depot. <laughs> right. Yes, well, yeah, you. exactly. How long have you been a student of, say, Steve Jobs? I mean, you, you clearly have done some homework on his business style management style and for that matter in some ways manufacturing not you're not actually manufacturing a product i.e an iphone here uh, but manufacturing a concept that works well for the for the customer who else besides steve jobs have you been you know a student of i guess i'd ask that question uh, well uh you know i i am a good observer and that's what i find because you know going to to you know, I've spent some time at Columbia University, maybe three, four years actually after my graduation to doing research. So always I found even the biggest researchers in, in that they invented, they invent things not basically by design. They invented by taking different components from other people and they mix it together and they made a product. So I knew that from my own research and experience of the research that uh, people with the big names, they are not really people that they invented things. They are people that they implement the invention of the other people. So uh, there are a lot of inventions going on both in science and both in our society or, you know, in, in aspect of not only science, but, uh, you know. But the thing is, uh, iconoclast is, some, is a somebody that can implement those hypothetical invention to the practical life. Mm. That's a great way of articulating it. I, I, I want to go to the personal side of being an entrepreneur for a moment. 
if you don't mind. I'd, I'd love to know, most entrepreneurs that I have ever met have at minimum a strong ego and in many cases a very big ego or else they wouldn't have the confidence to start up a business. My sense of how you've structured and built Columbia Dental is that you've suppressed a boss's ego for the sake of making the business better in as many ways as you possibly can. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. A- am I reading this right? And I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I, I'm I'm not a fan of ego, so if it, that's 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 your cool. uh, point, you got it that right. Yeah, Good. because I think ego is something that is suppressed even your progress. Mm-hmm. So I think actually all the problems start with ego. If you put ego away, you know people they can live in peace. Well, as a good as a strong leader, what do you think are the characteristics that excellent leaders bring to building a business? Uh, uh, what are the characteristics that the excellent uh, leader bring into the business? Again, is uh, uh, to be actually, I would say it's the excellent leader are the leaders that they are, they are down to earth. They mm-hmm. are leaders that their own employee, they feel they are equal to that uh, person. Wow. So I, I think that's the ultimate uh, way for, uh, you know, a strong leader. That's I want to remind you folks that we are, or you're tuning in to Open for Business. Our guest this evening is Dr. Abbas Mohabadi and founder of Columbia Dental. And if you're not following us on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, then we'd like you to start right now. Now, here's a question for Brian and Ken. What's the book consistently that gets mentioned here at Open for Business? Uh, E-Myth. E-Myth. Gerber. Gerber. Have you read the book, E-Myth? No. Oh, it's a good book. The reason I'm asking is what strikes me is is that you you didn't like it that much? Not that. Okay. Come on. Well, it's, we've, we've mentioned it plenty of times, that's for sure. It's a good point. Part of what it talks about is that the entrepreneur starts with a passion, uh, a single, singular passion, and that that grows into a business. So tell us a little bit about your, was your initial passion dentistry and, and medicine? Was that the essence of it that got you motivated? Well, the pa- passion always starts from your childhood. Uh, I was nine years old uh, uh, when my, my mother was looking on weekend for a, a dentist in my hometown country, and uh, she was, not, was, was unable to find a dentist because I was in such, such a agony and pain. So always in my mind, I had uh, uh, that in my mind that toothache, it can be so horrible, so horrible. It can. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I was very attached to my mother. So when I came to, you know, for, for education to this country, uh, always I wanted to please her. Always I want to take steps, not only, you know, I... I, of course, you know, I love dentistry. I wanted to be dentist. I, you know, I want, but on the other hand, always I wanted to, to please her as well. I wanted to be going for education. So because she always wanted me to be an educated man. 
she always wanted me to go to the best school and have a best education. Uh, so that was my passion. So I wanted to become dentist because always I had that in my mind that the toothache can be very bad and painful and looking for a dentist on a weekend it can be challenging because my mother went through that challenge. Keep and it I simple. Yeah, and I wanted to to always to please her. So that made me to become dentist and that uh, following up subsequently of that, it made me to to have uh, Columbia Dental, to establish Columbia Dental and open seven days a week. So not seeing a mother uh, looking for dentist door to door. What a great uh, inspiration. Uh, yeah. Was your mother was, still with us? No. How long ago did she pass? Like uh, four years ago, three years ago. So she was able to see the level That's of right. success. Yes. That's good That's news. Right. Yeah. So here's part of the reason why I asked you that question. Here you are now, all these years later, and you've got locations in Manchester, a couple locations in Manchester, three if I'm not mistaken, Rocky Hill, Hartford, and the newest location in, in uh, New Haven, and you're talking about an eventual location in New London. And you're doing this, and you haven't had a vacation in 12 years. Yeah. How, how much time do you get personally to c stay connected to your passion, as opposed to you being the founder and the person that's running this ever-growing business? Uh, well, uh, time has uh, more quantity than quality. As <laughs> <laughs> uh, in regard of my passion, so my work and my job is my passion. So the the more I spend time with my work is is you know you cannot separate the the work and passion. If you separate it, then that's the mistake. You never can be successful in your work. But if you merge and you make your work and passion the same, so then the more you work, basically, you're more passionate you are. In terms of my family, I have a little bit time to spend with my wife and my five-year-old son, but uh, because I'm so passionate about my work, they even appreciate that. And even little bit time that I we spend with them is, is so precious. So precious, it doesn't come again with the quantity. I think it comes with the quality. That's a great response. Wow. So uh, again, folks, we are tuning in to Open for Business. We are going to take a short break here. Uh, but before we cut to break, uh, I want to read a commercial from one of our sponsors. Sorry, Abbas, here. But uh, this sponsor is CentralCTDental.com. It's the home of Doctors Camp, Sambor, and Lupini. If there's a serious issue or just simply a routine checkup, there is nowhere else to go other than, no, I'll be quiet, uh, they're easy to get to on the Plainville-Farmington line. Call 860-747-5761, or you can make an appointment online at centralctdental.com. We'll be back in a couple minutes. We'll see you soon. 
Budwitz & Meyer Jack PC is a large Connecticut-based CPA firm with offices in Cheshire and Farmington, Connecticut. Large enough to handle engagements of enterprises with annual revenues in excess of $100 million, yet small enough to cater to smaller businesses and individual clients who expect personalized attention from partners and staff. Client service is the cornerstone of our practice. Our clients have a fixed fee for their audit and tax work. What this means to the client is we're approachable. Personal communication and client services make for strong relationships. Budwitz & Meyer Jack, certified public accountants. Sandits Travel for business and leisure. We'll take you there. Sandits Travel has been proudly serving Connecticut since 1960. That's over 50 years. And we're ready for another 50 years of superior service. Whether you prefer to come in, call in, or log on, we invite you to explore how efficient, diverse, and fun it is to book through Sandits Travel. Save your money and your time with us. Sandits Travel. We'll take you there. At home, work, or your favorite coffee shop, if there's a Wi-Fi connection, get on the horn. Hartford's heart and soul. Welcome back, folks. Another edition of Open for Business. Our guest this evening is Dr. Abbas Mohammadi, founder of Columbia Dental with locations in Manchester, Rocky Hill, Hartford, and New Haven, and we believe sometime soon coming to New London. Uh, before we get back to Abbas, though, there's one more commercial that we're going to read, and this is Brian's, my favorite. I think becoming Ken's, too. No. <laughs> it's Deep Water Seafood. Deep Water. Of Avon, and it's just for the halibut. Deepwater has Farmington Valley's freshest seafood. They will work with you and your schedule. Call ahead at 860-676-9657 or fax them at 860-677-2281. Maybe we can get them an email address. Well, do we? That would be a good idea, Brian. We really ought to get them to do that. Uh, I mean, seriously. I mean, they're, they're doing faxes. They're sponsoring an internet radio show, and they want us to... Our listeners to fax it in order. Our <laughs> listeners probably don't even know what a fax is. <laughs> you know, like, come on. It's a really good That's thing. Dave's client. He's gotta he's gotta talk to them. David, oh. bring them in. Anyway, Deepwater will set aside your order for pickup. All you have to do is send it to them via email or that old clunky thing called a fax machine. What's a fax? <laughs> Their hours are Monday through Friday, ten AM to six thirty PM and then Saturdays even at ten AM to five PM. But you know, based on our guest this evening. They should be open on Sundays and late into the evening, don't you think, folks at Deepwater? If you're wondering what's on their menu, it's sea scallops, it's fresh oysters, it's fish and chips, it's soup, it's biscuits, chowders. And as uh, Dave knows, if you're having a party, it's paella for 12 and a salad. That's all you need. It's made with spicy chicken, sausage, scallops, shrimps, and just for the halibut halibut. One more time, Deepwater Seafood. Deep water of Avon, just for the halibut. You know, it's interesting. Sorry to put I, you through that. I wonder advice. what the it was the new uh, Sunday <laughs> liquor sales. You know, just opened this past weekend, and Deepwater literally is right next to this other place called M and R Liquors. And I wonder if they got a bump in sales because M and R is now available to sell liquor on Sunday. That wouldn't make sense. Folks go over there and maybe get like a little wine and say, ah, oh, you know what? Let's go get some nice uh, bucket mm -hmm. of clams and a yeah, six pack. Yeah, you know, that would be an interesting idea. You know, it would be a great guest is to get the owner of MNR or somebody like him in for one of our shows to yeah, discuss. You know what? That would be, I mean, we've, we've actually done a lot of that um, with the Sunday liquor sales, but Chris Dinton from Two Fly Wines, who does the WTNF show, 
uh, here in a few hours. I don't even know the time when it starts, but uh, he might be a guy to, to do that. That that's Who a good idea. Love guy. love to explore that because that, that be. you've heard the back and forth. I mean, there's some proponents of it, and obviously a whole other yeah. slew of people that aren't too pleased about it. But and if eh. you're doing like you know the uh, the uh, Irish Bailey's cream there, whatever that's called, or the or the amaretto, a lot of the sweet liquors. What happens is your teeth start to rot. <laughs> there you are. So your teeth start to rot. And where are you gonna go if, say, you're in Manchester, you can't make it to Central City Dental? You can go over to Columbia Dental. Right? That's, that's right. Uh, that's that perfect. was the worst transition. Oh, no, I've done much <laughs> he's worse. The, he's you he's the no king of segues. The, the, literally, the king of segues. I didn't see you jumping up to get us back on track <laughs> right there, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Kettle. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. So, Abbas, here's a question for you. Uh, talking about the future and things that are changing, what do you see? As I mean, you've shared with us that there's a new location in your future, but what are the challenges facing Columbia Dental, certainly for the remainder of the year and, and, and spreading out even well beyond that, the remainder of the decade? Well, on a, every day there are some challenging things from early in the morning that they call <laughs> my cell phone and somebody is sick, somebody is not coming, there is something breaking so challenging is every day so what i do and also a lot of people they asking me how you do that is just uh i know probably this is against what they usually they teach even in in mba uh, program is that i don't look at things in a very long term i just take every day by you know and 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 try to make the best out of a day because if you have so much long-term goal uh in a midst there are so many other things that can happen that you cannot predict it there are so many variables and if you think too much about it you never do something sometimes you have to do things uh intuitively without even uh, you know, I'm not saying it's not good to not planning or not thinking, but you have to keep balance. Mm. Don't think too much. And because thinking too much means to hesitate too much too. So, and don't plan too much. Have some plan, but you cannot plan too much. How, how far out do you plan? How far I plan? Well, depend on the type of project, you know, like, you know, when you want to open a new office, obviously you cannot plan it in the same day. <laughs> <laughs> Come but, on. Where's the risk? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Take um, your marketing program. How far out do you plan that? Uh, probably on a, you know, monthly basis. I 30 do days. The, yeah, monthly basis. But I don't like to, to get to long-term contracts or because so many other things, so many other opportunities can mm -hmm. can happen that you cannot even predict those things. So that's the, and I think this is the, the you know, the beauty of life because it's, it's so uncertain. So living is, is, is like an art. If we want to try to, to make living like a science would be mistakes. How do your bankers handle 30-day planning? Are they comfortable with 
Yeah, why not? I'm the one that I've is... I've never met a banker that's comfortable with 30-day planning. <laughs> you mean like to get a loan but or something? W w w one thing, let me to think tell you. To think about it. No, yeah. but let me tell you, okay? Uh, at Columbia Dental, we don't use too much financial companies, yes. Even opening uh, open a new locations. office. Yeah, open a new office. This wow. is a cash-based business, okay? Wow. Yeah. Uh, the way the business grow, I build one practice, and the money of that practice pay the second practice to be open, and the second one pay the money for the third one to, to, to be paid. Columbia Dental does not own any money to the bank. So, wow. Yeah. Good for you. That's wow. unique. And boys and girls that are tuning in this evening, if you can make that happen, which is unusual, then that's exactly the way to go. I mean, I think it's important to have a banking relationship or a relationship with some type of financial institution. But the fact that you can do this out of cash flow, if we're understanding you correctly, mm -hmm. is, uh, is pretty significant. Okay, so we've had clarity, simplicity, cash flow managed business, customer focused 100% of the time. I mean, if listeners want some cornerstones on how to build a successful company, Abbas, I think you're hitting the nail right on the head. These are really good things. And and, and I believe a lot of big companies, uh, even in this country, like they collapsing to thinking they they too big to be failed. But mm -hmm. every day we're reading a newspaper uh, or radio, we are listening that they are collapsing. is because they don't have a strong financial foundation. Yeah, They have so much money and debt to pay yeah uh so uh basically a lot of those companies they are making uh, money out of them you know other people's money mm -hmm. but uh, to make a legitimate business i do believe that you don't need to involve too much bank wow so i think i've shared in the past that one of the best pieces of advice that I ever received as a business owner was to always keep my eyes on the money, where it was coming, where it was going. How about for you? I mean, is that one of the reasons why you haven't had a vacation in 12 years? Is sure. That <laughs> <laughs> sure, you, you, you have to keep, keep, keep eye on your money. And, uh, you know, a lot of things that is people, they get lazy is just because it's not their money. It's the bank's money, and they think it's the bank money, and they're not careful with it because it's the bank money, and then they have to be filing bankrupt. Mm. Well, you know, I can use an example from my own experience. We had an office manager, and at this particular time, I wasn't as... I didn't scrutinize her purchasing decisions as well as I should have. Big mistake. When she was no longer with the organization, without getting into great detail, we had more paper clips and notepads mm -hmm. and ancillary right. you know, stuff that we right. 
that would last it's still lasting us and she's yeah. been gone for 10 plus years i'm not making this up i mean she she bought like a drunken sailor i share that because i want to support what you've just said is that nobody's going to look at those dollars and in this case the columbia dental dollars with the same eye of scrutiny and concern and value as you the owner who actually sure. owns this stuff? I, I think that's one of the great things that's happened since 2008, and this sort of, you know, all of us companies, all small business owners, have kind of seen a big dip in our revenue. You know, I, I've had more than one meeting where I've sat down and looked at line by line item of, all right, what the heck is my outflow? Yeah. You know, let me find out what I'm spending on stamps.com or FedEx or UPS. You know, can I just send this regular mail? Do I have to overnight this? You know, these little things, budgets are not um, improved, I, I found, and, and, and I believe, by whacking out five, six, ten thousand dollars $10,000 line items. I think they're found by saying, hey, you know what? I spend 50 bucks a month here that I probably don't need to spend, and I spend 120 bucks here that I don't need to spend. You know, by the end of the day, you've saved two or $3,000 without even really taking a really hard look at it. And, you know, that's month over month you yeah. know if you You're do, if you do two thousand dollars a year that's that's 24 grand a year that's another employee how yeah. much more throughput can you have with another employee yeah. so i think you know that's that's the benefit of this uh uh, of this downturn in the in the economy, I think we all got a little smarter and a little less lazy. I, I like how you said people get lazy. Yeah, no, I, I'm in that. When times are good, volume hides a lot of sins for me. You know, I get a little less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, whatever. It's fine. But uh, no, I applaud you for uh, for sticking to it for 12 years. I've certainly not uh, taken that kind of hiatus. <laughs> I go on vacation all the time, right, guys? It, call, it, it really does call into question, though, the whole equity financing and early-stage business financing industry. I mean, you've got a whole industry that thrives on the premise that you need seed capital, 25000 50000 to start up a company. And there's a whole bunch of businesses out there that, don't do anything and have no inertia only because I can't find any money to get started. I need a building. I need this. I need, you don't need anything except somebody willing to pay you for the product or service you have. Mm. Well, and you also, yeah, that's, that's part of it, but you also need the kind of an, uh, initiative and hard work that a boss clearly demonstrated Absolutely. when you open your business. You were working a full-time job, sure. and then you started your second full-time job after you completed your first sure. full-time job. You know, the, 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 your hard work is going to pay for your initial capital to open your business. But mm -hmm. people, they think the bank has to pay for the initial capital. Right. No, when I got in Connecticut, I have $200 in my pocket. Wow. So I didn't have even enough money to go in hotels. So sometimes when I slept in a rest area in my car. So and that was 12 or 13 years ago. It's not a long time ago. Yeah. So You've come a long way, baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you watch your money, you work hard, and you save it instead of spending it in unnecessary items, uh, you can save money. And that money, you can m open your business without having a bank involved. Because mm -hmm. when bank involved, they make the business 
to run very expensive. They put you to have insurances that you yeah. really you don't need to insurances. They need you to take certain uh, steps that you really you can you don't need it at the beginning. They can you know one of my friends you know got a, a loan to open a dental office. They not she has to pay so much money for insurances. She has to hire a consulting company to advise her on her business otherwise they don't give their money for the opening the thing. so all those are all the overhead that I didn't have because I didn't involve the bank at the beginning so that was another reason that the business could go faster yeah. I, I jokingly threw out having the Home Depot comparison be part of an MBA program but you truly should write up a case study <laughs> on the building of Columbia Dental. I mean, this would be eye-opening in most MBA programs. I agree with you. I truly think it would because you, you break have, the mold. Well, didn't break it. Revisited what really works. Went well, backwards and said, I don't need all of the frills. I don't need the bank. I don't need this. I just need to work hard with a quality product focused on customers. Exactly. Instead of focus paying the bills, this yeah. is the another things. When you get bank involved, you're not going to be generous to your patients because you worry so much to satisfy the bank by yeah. failing. Oh, that is such an interesting perspective, isn't it? Because all of a sudden you're beholden to the bank, and that's the one you you're worried about because they can take it all away. Yeah, exactly. So now you're just the conduit for the bank to make money. Yeah. You it, become it, more generous. You can give the and, and that bring the patient back. Wow. You don't uh, start to to pay charge the patients for a little bit. You do there, little bit you do there. But when you have pressure from financial companies, then you're going to do that. You know where I learned these lessons because Columbia Dental was not my first office that I opened. Mm. I had an office in New York State, which I get the loan for it. And I went bankrupt after the first year. Wow. Yeah. So, so that is the lesson I learned. This is you. the lesson. Yeah, this is the lesson. In the second business, I didn't have even choice to get the loan because the I was a bankrupt. Yeah, I was a bankrupt. So that gave me the, you know, they Necessity. said worst thing happened, bad things happened for a good reason. Yeah, and I think that the best thing for me happened was to the bankruptcy that I did in New York. Wow, necessity being the mother of invention. Yeah, yeah that's great, Voss. And who would have thought? But good for you for having the resiliency and the belief in yourself and the concept that you held, you know, based on the experience with you as a young boy, uh, to be able to carry that through. I would love to have you back. Oh, thank I you. I want to keep thank talking. You. It would be my pleasure. <laughs> well, great. that's great. Thanks, folks. Another great evening here at Open for Business. Want to remind you that one more time, our guest this evening was Dr. Abbas Mohammadi. He is the founder of Columbia Dental. Columbia Dental has four or, or have locations in four different towns throughout Connecticut, Manchester, Rocky Hill, Hartford, New Haven, and we understand sometime fairly soon coming to New London. Abbas, thanks so much. We'll Thank be in you touch so much. All right, Thank we'll you see you so again. Brian, great job behind the board. We appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Cheers. 